CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow the money. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSEN. Here we go. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. And this program, as always, is brought to you by DraftKings. Mitch Moss, along with Jonathan Von Tobel this morning. Paulie is out sick. I asked the question late last week whatever happened to these 24 hour bugs when we were younger? Now it's going on pretty much a week for Paulie, so he's out today. We'll see how long um, that's going to last with him. He had to get new meds yesterday. But JBT is here, the new host of V-SIM Primetime, right, 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific. You did the show last night. You're back here this morning, man. That's right. That's what we do. That wasn't that late. You know, you get off at 6 p.m. Then you swing back around. You get here. Yeah, this is uh, – I usually get up at about this time right now. Check you and Paul out in the morning. So it's nothing. Just a little early rise. You're also all over the NBA morning card. Yeah. And you're watching these line moves pop and move and change around, flip – a lot, probably in the next hour to 90 minutes every single morning. We'll get into the NBA coming up in about 15 minutes. Some really strong numbers on the card that we have tonight. We'll begin today with some college basketball. I'm curious about this. As I bet North Carolina 9-1 to to get a one seed over the weekend. They did win last night, did not cover. They struggled a little bit with Miami of Florida. Miami's been maybe the most disappointing team in college basketball the entire season. But they're sitting there now on top of the ACC, JBT, and they're 14-3. and North Carolina has three games left in the regular season after last night. They play NC State, they get Notre Dame, and they're at Duke as probably about a three-and-a-half or four-point favorite to close out the regular season next weekend. Duke is 12-4 and four in ACC play. They play Louisville, Virginia at home, at NC State, and then they get North Carolina. So there is a chance here where these teams could finish with identical records in the mm-hmm. ACC and split the regular season crown. But this is... Um, you know, when you look at projections and bracketology and overall numbers, I'm on uh, Bart Torvik right now, and he has something called the one-seed line overall. He does a great job with college hoops. Currently, he gives North Carolina a 9.2% chance to get a one-seed. That is it. I think that's based on a potential loss to Duke and having seven losses at that point. 
and then overall their resume probably won't be strong enough. And the two teams that are above them, Arizona and Tennessee, will probably have a better overall resume at that point. But mm-hmm. North Carolina, they are in the net ranking. They're number nine right now. Quad one wins. They're seven and four in, against those opponents. They're five and one against quad two. They're four and one against quad three. Will that come back to Dingham at all? The committee ranking, though, had them fifth last time out. And I will give you this nugget. I'll never forget this because I was absolutely livid in 2013 when the committee never gave Miami of Florida a one seed. And they absolutely deserved it. They should have been. They were not. They were awesome that year. File this one away. This is where the narrative comes into play. Miami of Florida that year won the ACC regular season and the ACC conference tournament championship as well. Yet they were a two seed that year. Becoming the only team in the history of the ACC to win both and not be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Since then, Virginia did it the next year in 2014. North Carolina did it in 2016. And Virginia did it in 2018. So you're telling me, I know the ACC is down this year big time. This is not your daddy's ACC. But you're telling me with the name across the front of their jersey, it says North Carolina, they run the table, they win the regular season and the ACC title. Committee's not going to take that in consideration? Potentially sweep Duke. Yeah. Right? I think that could be one, too. And I, th- I would agree with you. And I think it's there's a lot of different factors. First, it's about North Carolina. And by the way, the graphic we just showed, they're going to improve in quad three wins. That was a quad three win last night. So they're going to be five and one uh, in quad three wins after last night. But it's about, so for me, when we were looking at this yesterday on primetime, it was about the schedule. You mentioned it uh, before the game yesterday, three consecutive home games before you play Dukes. Now you got two left before you play them against lowly opponents. You get to maintain your record. Uh, Duke with uh, Kyle Filipowski after he was maimed after the Wake Forest contest. Who knows what his status is going to be? I know Duke is a very, very mum about what's going to happen there. And then you have an opportunity to potentially add a couple of quad one wins in the ACC tournament if you go on to win that thing. But it's also about the opponents that you're competing with. So Arizona, for example, obviously also in contention for a one seed and mm-hmm. odds on favor to win that one seed. But three of the last four games are on the road. One of them coming up tomorrow, I believe it's Arizona State. So we've seen Arizona fumble these road games quite often this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you really trust that Arizona is going to be able to take care of business. We saw what happened uh, at home last year against Arizona State. The ridiculous loss, I think it was like 88-87, whatever it was a season ago. So if Arizona takes one of these inexplicable losses yet again, which I don't think is out of the question, or falls out early in a Pac-12 tournament, while North Carolina continues to move forward and maybe churn out these couple of these wins, sweep the regular season series against Duke, I think there's a much higher possibility that this team, resume-wise, earns itself a one seat. And the other team potentially in contention, because Tennessee was floating around plus 180. Yeah. Have you seen the rest of their schedule? Absolutely, I have. It's a nightmare for Tennessee mm-hmm. as you go forward. Auburn, Alabama, Kentucky, and South Carolina. We should throw that in there, too, because, of course, South Carolina uh, beat them at home. So, like, I, I, I came into this thinking yesterday. I was like, you know, I think Tennessee, I like Tennessee a lot. Then I looked at their schedule. But you evaluate all three. I think there's a bet to be made here on North Carolina. I don't think they're out of this thing at all for a no, while. No, I think they can slide in and, and look at Tennessee's uh, overall resume here. Net ranking, they're number five overall. The committee had them six behind North Carolina already yep. as a two seed. I think them being behind North Carolina is kind of ridiculous. They should be ahead of them right now. But they're not. That kind of plays into what the committee is telling you. They're four and five in the quad one, seven and one in quad two, and they do not have a quad three or quad four loss. But again, probably about a three and a half point favorite, maybe maybe four tomorrow night against Auburn. At Alabama, they're going to be a small dog in that game. Then make it, uh, Torvik has it about three, three and a half against South Carolina, and yep. he has, that's on the road, and he has them eight and a half at home against Kentucky to close the regular season. Yep. Now, if they run the table, 
Oh, yeah. They're going to get a one seed, but that is a gigantic if. And I like what you guys said last night on your show, Primetime, and that is, if you like Tennessee to be a one seed rather than taking plus 180, why don't you start a rollover parlay tomorrow night? Right. Because these are all going to be pretty tight numbers, like you mentioned. It. All of these ones against the big boys are going to be within one possession outside of the Kentucky game, uh, and that'll be the regular season finale. But if you're just kind of rolling these things over, like, again, instead of taking plus 180, just bet them on the money line, roll that thing over the, for the next you know, few games, and that'll be it. And again, and again, as well, remember, you still have the SEC tournament that they, again, could win, potentially add to it. But also the big difference, and I do wonder, you know, the committee, again, has Arizona ranked ahead of these teams I mean, you just look at these, though, like Tennessee, for example, unblemished in quad three and quad four, right? 10 and 0 combined in quad three and quad four. Um, Arizona has two or three losses in quad two and three combined. I think you're right. So, like, I just wonder when you get down to it and you really evaluate these teams, if a North Carolina sweeps the season series against Duke and adds to their quad one wins, if Tennessee, by some measure, comes out and sweeps the end of this regular season, for some, because they, they have the potential. I know they, we've watched them slip up, but we've also watched them crush Alabama, sure. right, by 20 points earlier in the regular season. I don't think it's out of the, the, uh, the realm of possibility that this happens. For me, this is one of those where, again, I just wish there was a no, where it was, yes, no, will Arizona win the number one, will it win the number one seed? Because that would just bet no, and then let's see if... And call it good. Yeah, call it good. Call it Tennessee me. or North Carolina, let's get this thing done. Um, but the fact that it's an index prop... I landed on North Carolina because I, I think like that's the team that you want to back here. They have the potential to do it. Basically, if it was Arizona versus the field, you're going to get Tennessee, North Carolina. Those are going to be the two teams that yeah. you're going to go to war Marquette, with. Marquette, I think, is like right around there, but I don't think they're resume strong enough to, I don't to think win so it. Either. Right. And, and if Arizona, you're right, if they stumble one more time and you said, yeah, they've had some of those losses, how about an 18-point loss to Stanford earlier this year? Yeah. <laughs> that came out of absolutely nowhere. Wazoo swept them. They lost to Oregon State. 83 to 80. Now, in the remaining games, they are projected again against Arizona State to be about 11 and a half or 12. Against Oregon, they'll be about 14 potentially. And then they get uh, UCLA and USC on the Southern California swing. And they're about eight and a half right now against UCLA and about nine and a half against USC. There's no telling they're going to win all those games. Oh, absolutely. They, they, not. Could, they could easily lose one more of those. And they have two losses in the quad two already and one in quad three. Yep. Yeah, to, to make them an odds-on favorite to win this one seed, given what we have seen from them. I understand where the committee had them and what the resume looks like, but you see that, right? Four and two in quad one, a quad three loss. that They could take another one of these on the chin. Again, the road issues have been what's it, right. Loss of Purdue, Gainbridge, Fieldhouse, neutral against Florida Atlantic, on the road against Stanford, on the road against Washington State, on the road against Oregon State. Three out of your last four games are on the road. We have seen this team, when it goes away from home, that it's just not the same club and that it struggles in a couple of these games. Their worst losses are on the road. So to have three or four away from home, one of those being a massive rivalry spot coming up tomorrow, I mean, shoot, man, it could happen tomorrow night on Good. the road against Arizona State. Good. Now, remember, they were minus $5 before that loss to Wazoo. Yep. Minus $5 then. And they were a 12.5 or a 13-point favorite in that game with revenge on their mind. Yeah. And it still didn't matter. You know, that, that is, it speaks to, you know, the letdown spots and the look-ahead spots in college basketball have been like a real thing this year recently. How about the letdown spot for Wazoo after that game? Yep. It's, dude, I know we'll have more college, but like there's a couple today where situationally, like there's so, the, the part of me that really likes number and data and all these kind of stuff looks at some of these numbers and you're like, dude, I got I to gotta play that. That's that's a cheap number, sure. but then you realize like, oh, but this team's coming off of a lot. You know what I yeah, mean? Like right. All sorts of right. stuff. Wake Forest today is a very good example of it. So you have to debate of situation versus number, and in college sports, a lot of the time, situation kind of wins out. Yep, that I mean the Creighton loss to St. John's. Yep, 
was another one where they played their absolute A game against UConn and had to have that, not, not had to, but uh, that team is still good enough to make the Final Four, in my opinion, despite losing to St. John's the next game. Uh, a letdown spot possibly for Kentucky tonight, but look at this number now. And more on this game coming up a little bit later on. Mississippi State on the opening number last night opened up two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Kentucky, and they were coming off that performance against Alabama where it's like, God, get out of the way. They're going to win the whole thing. Was that too many points? Nope. Miss State's up to four today. And that's the, that's what you're talking about. Like, And again, these these Bartorovic, Ken Palm aren't the end-all, be-all, but it is a good like a good measuring stick. Like the Ken Palm projections, too. Yeah. And then here you are. It's up to like four, four-and-a-half. And they might come out here and probably, given the past of this season, they're going to come out and roll by like you know seven to ten points. I honestly want nothing to do with Kentucky in this game. <laughs> right. Despite having a zillion futures on this team, I'm not betting yep. them tonight. Uh, maybe maybe an in-play situation, but right now, four? No way. I wish it would be shorter. I bet Miss State. Up next, a loaded card in the NBA. They're huge favorites tonight, but they're 0-3 ATS against the same opponent, including one outright loss. Find out which team we're talking about next on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Time to get started, folks. March Madness is around the corner. Baseball season's almost here as well. Put the Visa experts to work to work for you. Start betting smarter. The Visa Pro subscription. If you sign up on a Visa Pro annual subscription today, you're going to get your first year for only $199 instead of the typical price of $240. Just use the promo code FTM. Visa Pro subs includes a 
a lot of stuff. Daily best bets, leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. You get betting splits, you get betting systems, articles in every single sport, every single day up on the website of VEASAN.com. And, of course, the upcoming March Madness betting guide with best bets for every game and every round of the tournament. Remember, promo code FTM. First year of VEASAN Pro, 199. Sign up today, VSIN.com slash subscribe. Yeah, and this part was in a recent newsletter sent out by Bill 80, College Basketball Power 6 Conference Revenge Angle from Steve Mackinnon. Did you know, JVT, that power conference teams looking to avenge an earlier loss and playing as home favorites of six points or more in the last two weeks of the regular season? They are 60 and nine straight up and 49 and 28 ATS. Iowa is in this spot tonight. They lost to Penn State by 10 back in early February. They opened up a seven point favorite last night against Penn State. The Hawkeyes now nine and a half today. That's what I'm telling you, man. People could not wait to bet the Hawkeyes in this game. Yep. It's the debate. Again, it's just that debate of like clearly everything that we're talking about is factored into the number, but sometimes it's just not enough. Mm-hmm. And these situations continue to come home. It's insane. All right. So JBT is in today for an alien, Paul E. Howard, mm. on the mend. Um, JBT is also, along with being the host of Eastern Primetime here, Six o'clock Eastern, three o'clock Pacific on the West Coast. You are also Veasan's senior NBA betting analyst. They say in the association tonight. The Spurs. I want to begin with this game. The Spurs are at the T Wolves. T Wolves opened up thirteen and a half point favorites last night. Total of two twenty four. Moved a little bit. They're down to thirteen. Total is now two thirty five and a half. It went up earlier this year. They've played three times already. The Wolves won Game One, one seventeen to one ten. They did not cover. They were laying seven and a half points in that game. They won their second meeting, 102 to 94, did not cover. They were laying 11 and a half. The third time they played, the Wolves were laying 10 and a half. They lost outright to San Antonio, 113 to 112. Again, tonight laying a big number against a bad Spurs team. JVT, is there something about this matchup that does just it doesn't suit the Wolves well against the, the Spurs? What is it in your opinion? Yeah, I think that that might be it. I mean, it might just be a symptom of looking past an opponent as well. If it's the lowly Spurs when you have a bigger fish to fry, uh, depending on where it fell in the schedule. Uh, I, I know that the second matchup, the one you mentioned, was like 102 to 90-something, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, I, I've bet these matchups under, and I think that might be a potential here today. Now, the question is, are you going to get Rudy Gobert? Because Rudy Gobert is questionable with an ankle sprain tonight. And if he's not going to play, and we've seen the total go up from, I saw an overnight of 223.5 up to 225.5. Mm-hmm. I think that explains that if Gobert's not going to be out there, this opens up quite a bit here for San Antonio. You can get to the rim. There's obviously not all of that length that you're going to have to deal with. Nas Reed, uh, who you would assume would start there, uh, is not going to have the same presence defensively. If Gobert plays, though, I would keep my eye out for whether or not that's going to happen. And if that's going to happen, bet this thing under because he's worth quite a bit. And we're seeing a faraway place. His total's up to 226. This should come back down to around the open or maybe even a little bit lower, about 222 and a half. So that's what I'd be looking for here today. I want to ask you this as a follow-up. I did blind resume. We did yesterday on the show comparing two players in the market to win defensive player of the year. And it was Rudy Gobert versus Victor Wembanyama. The, the mainstream numbers, right? Yep. It's not even close. Victor Wembanyama blows Rudy Gobert out of the water in almost every single category. The, ca- the counting defensive stats, yep. It's like he, he's dominating in blocks. Mm-hmm. He's doubled him up in steals. Defensive rebound percentage, he's better. Like everything you look at, it points. Minutes, by the way, 300 fewer minutes, fewer games in Gobert. Does that mean anything to you? I mean, Gobert's a minus $7 favorite to win this award. And uh, as my buddy who put it, again, I, I keep pointing this out because the Wolves are so good this year. I have a friend who's watched, no joke, 
almost every T-Wolves game since they came into existence. He loves the, pro, lo- loves the organization. This is his favorite team in all sports. He said the, the reason why Rudy Gobert is so good defensively is because he has so many elite defenders in front of him. He just pointed out this team is completely loaded with awesome guys on the perimeter who you can't, who you just, you, you get locked up pretty much every single game. And yeah. that helps Gobert. And that's the reason why people are looking at it like, hey, this team is so good defensively. It's got to be Gobert. It's not just him. It's everybody else. No, I, I don't think that's fair at all to say it's just Gobert. And I would agree with that. Like Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, they're absolutely fantastic wing defenders. Yes, they are. Mike Conley is a brilliant point of attack defender as well as a point guard. I, I, no, I, I would think it's completely fair to look at that and go, it's not just Rudy Gobert. But I would also say that Rudy Gobert is one of the reasons why it also works so well, too, because you can't like Gobert's awesome. And this is oh, one of his is. and this is one of his better defensive seasons we've seen over the last like last year. He was pretty disappointing. But I'll put it like this way. The fact that you're on a team with a bunch of brilliant defenders and then when you're on the floor, you improve that team's defensive rating still by nearly 4.1 points every 100 possessions. Speak to how good Gobert speaks, how good Gobert is. And, and I just wonder the dynamic of. Counting stats defensively for a guy who's on a team that ranks about 22nd in defensive efficiency, Victor Wembanyama, versus Rudy Gobert, the way he's playing defensively on a team that it's not going to uh, lapping the field is strong, but they got a nearly three point lead on the second place team in defensive efficiency and non garbage time. And I wonder how much that really does factor in. Like, I think Wembanyama probably finishes pretty high in the defensive player of the year standings when it comes to the votes, but I find it hard like to that dynamic, right? Giving defensive player of the year to a guy who is on a team that is a very below average defensive team overall. Uh, how about if his teammates are terrible at playing defense? I mean, I would say that's fair, but Rudy Gobert was on a team that had a bunch of guys that were terrible on defense was Utah jazz. And they were still a top 10 defense in the NBA, right? Like you can still impact a team defensively in a very positive manner. And I, I and I, for me, I'm just saying, like, I wonder how that impacts the voters who look at this, right? Because right? there are some voters who are somewhat simpleton and go, oh, he's got a lot of defensive rebounds and blocks. I'll vote for that guy. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I would also come back and say, here's what's going to drive me nuts. When the Spurs improve in the next couple of years and get better players around Wembenyama, mm-hmm. which also means better defensively, and as a team, their numbers are going to be much better than what they are now, and who knows, maybe top 10, top 5 in the NBA, and Wembenyama's numbers come down, they're not as good as this year. It's going to be like, look at this guy, though. Brilliant defensively. He's the reason why he made the defense overall better. No, it's not. you got better players defensively around yep. the guy. And it's fair. I mean, you look at it. Victor Wemanyama on the floor, their defensive rating improves by 10.3 points. Every 100 possessions when he's out there. He's been brilliant. I don't that's think crazy. there's really any question. And you're right. Like, yeah, for those who are, that's, a, that's insane, given how much they improve when he's out there defensively. But I do think, again, because when you handicap these awards, you're, you're, again, you're, you're handicapping how people are going to vote not just looking at these guys and saying, all right, this guy deserves it. And I, I still feel like there's a lot of analytical nerds and the people who watch this game who are going to default to giving this to Rudy Gobert. Oh, they will. For the Minnesota, I'm sure. You know, you know what I mean? I, I just think for him to be a $7 favorite now is... Oh, I agree. Like, the probability, I don't think, should be that high. It's... I don't think his, his gap over the field is not that big. Mm-hmm. I wanted to run this one by you as well. Is there anything to this? Rockets are playing at the Thunder tonight. Both these teams, Thunder and Wolves, tied for the one seat right now in the Western Conference. OKC is a 10.5-point favorite. They are 20-9 ATS at home, best in the league. Rockets on the road are 9-17-1 against the spread. Did you know this, that when the Thunder are laying double digits at home, like they are tonight, OKC is 8-0 straight up and 7-1 ATS. They pummel bad teams. 
Now, the Rockets aren't necessarily a bad basketball team, but they fall into this double-digit category. And on the road, they're eight games below ATS. So in this spot, they are considered bad, in my opinion. Yeah. I, dude, this team, because they're well-coached. Like, they're well-prepared. They never let up. They are always ready to go. And what I think is the interesting wrinkle here um, for the Oklahoma City Thunder is you're starting to kind of see that Mark Dagnall's kind of going like, all right, let's 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 switch things up here a little bit. We saw Josh Giddy come off the bench in the second half against Los Angeles Clippers in a very you know big game. Uh, they went out there. They rolled Los Angeles. They were absolutely fantastic. They're starting to kind of change the way that they're playing, and it's unlocked. It's, it's hard to say it's unlocked this offense because they're absolutely brilliant, mm-hmm. but you're starting to see them mess around with the fact that like let's put some more floor floor spacers out here as opposed to a guy that can't shoot that's going to clog up the paint a little bit and let's see what this works out like so I, I i like this team a lot especially in some of these situations where you're talking about these lowly opponents we saw what they did against washington you saw what you did uh, on sunday against houston they're a team that at the very least takes care of business against these bad squads and i would not shy away at all uh, from laying it dude they were laying what 15 against washington yeah. you didn't have to sweat it, no, they, worry about about it. it. What, they went by 40 yeah it was like 147 107 or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. okay it's early here but you said that uh Earlier on today in the show, you wake up at this time any, anyway. You're filling in for mm-hmm. Paulie today. You look at what what were you looking for this morning early in the NBA? Did anything really catch your eye? It's a huge card. It's a really good card overall. Yeah, the, the two games that suck out, uh, Philly and Boston. Boston's laying 12. Total's like 228.5, 229.5. Philly stinks. Like, you know, they got to win. Uh, they, or should be, they, uh, they haven't really looked good since they lost Joel Embiid. And Boston's one of these teams that I think is rounding into form. They're healthy. We saw what they did against the shorthanded Knicks on Saturday. I think it's a team that I'm more than willing to come in here, potentially lay a big number against the bad 76er squad that's really poor along the perimeter defensively. And the other, I don't know if I can do this because the Hawks suck. Mm -hmm. But... I have made it a habit to play against Utah here, and Utah looked like look okay, especially uh, in their previous game at home. But we're talking about just one and a half at home for Atlanta. This would tell you that Utah's kind of better. Double check the injury report to see if guys are going to be available or not, because Trey Young missed the last game. But if Trey Young's going to play here for Atlanta, I think that's something to potentially circle. Because uh, oh no, he's he's still out. So yeah. all right, so that's going to be something still because uh, they're they're better with Dejounte Murray, I think. That's what I was going to ask you. Yep. Up next, we'll recap the betting action from last night and win some, lose some. And we'll stick with this because something took place last night that makes you say only in the NBA. Details coming up next here on VSIN. Were you a winner last night? Wow, winning. Or was it a rough one? Well, they can't all be winners, can they? Loser! You're a loser! Molly Howard recaps the night in sports betting in Win Some, Lose Some. Molly's out today, but here we go with win-lose. NBA last night, Knicks-Pistons. Over was back to 223, to 225. And how about, by the way, side note, how that game ended. Pistons should have won that game. That final possession for the Knicks, the, if you missed it, the Pistons had like 11 opportunities to get the ball. Yep. Could not do it. What do you think of the final ending of that? I think the New York Giants should sign Dante DiVincenzo. Safety coming over the middle. Looked incredible. Already came out and said they should have called a foul. I don't know how you don't call a foul. Uh, how do you miss that? Uh, enough of the, oh, you don't call him that spot. Let him decide. No, no it's you a don't. Foul. You call it. It's a, if it's a foul, it's a foul. You call it. That was uh, abysmal. The Raptors evidently wanted revenge against Pascal Siakam. They got it yep. last night. Plus 195 outright. Scotty Barnes triple-double. This is interesting. I bet uh, in pocket yesterday I had Siakam over three and a half assists plus 120. He's graded out at every single box score with six in my account today. And since last night, graded a loser. Come on, let's go. Flip that around. I know you recently had an issue out here as well. Yeah, payouts. That's uh, that's a pretty bad clerical error, though. 
you better be able to fix that. Unless you're sitting there, you got somebody in the back just like, nah, I don't think that's an assist. Please, I'm not please, giving them credit. If I have to drive to a casino to get this figured out, uh, that's not going to go very well. Also in the NBA, more on this coming up in a minute, but the Miami Heat plus two, of course, plus 250 heat. on the road against the Kings. One thing under the radar, that's now eight out of the last 10 games. DeMontis Sabonis had a triple-double last night. I saw in the plus 125, plus 130 range. College basketball, Campbell plus 350 on the money line last night. Got it done. Again, you can always become a subscriber for those of you in the radio audience and check out these videos and photos that we talk about, vcin.com slash subscribe. This picture, and I just tweeted this out, by the way, at Mitch Moss Radio. It's a polar bear sleeping on an iceberg. It won Wildlife Photographer of the Year, won that award. And that is as good as I've ever seen. The polar bear is sleeping on top of a small iceberg. And then they zoomed in on the second Instagram shot. How do you get that photo? How far away are, how good is that lens? Oh, looks absolutely brilliant. You know what? A a sad representation of where we're at. You know, an iceberg floating amidst the ocean. Uh, Very true. You know, maybe speaking to uh, where our planet is at now, Mitch, and this lone polar bear sitting out there in isolation, weeping for Mother Earth. Yeah. See, I looked at it in terms of overall joy (laughs) and being in that moment. But uh, if you want to go below the surface a little bit here and take that path. Much like an iceberg. I hear you. Not below the surface. No question. Um, We have some videos as well. This is... The boating in Death Valley. Wow. Where I think it's a solar eclipse coming across, and you see the shade there on the mountains. The guy caught it at the perfect time. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the snow at the very top. You only see it there. You don't see it on the rest of the mountain. Pretty impressive to be in the right spot at the right time. I'm a big nature guy. Trying to get Isabel to go camping with me. She won't do it. She won't go camping? She refuses. She wants to go glamping. Oh, that's unacceptable. Yeah, I, I agreed. So she wants to rent like a super high end like spot to go yeah. where the amenities seen, are off the charts. This and, might be a little past your time. You ever seen a goofy movie? I probably past my time. Weren't they made like in the fifties? No, a goofy movie made like the nineties. They go the well, Peach, the the fat Go- goofy kid, Goofy the dog. Yeah, Goofy the dog, Goofy uh, movie, one of the best nineties. Powerline, it was great. Uh, they go glamping though. She wants to do that, like the big, yeah, fancy trailer, roll it out, electricity, all that stuff. No, I want to get bitten by bugs. You know, I want a sleeping bag. You want to catch malaria? Yes, absolutely. You want to have to wake up and spray bug spray on yourself as opposed to sunscreen because they, you got to keep them away. That's sure. the way you do it. You want to be cold at night, shivering, yep. thinking, "What the hell?" And you, you, you can't come on. You have to have an outhouse. I want to traumatize my son. My dad traumatized me. Got a fish in front of him. You know, That's, eat the eyeballs for breakfast is what you do. I think all kids growing up need need to realize that. Hunt you right? Yes. They have to realize hunt hunt and fish for your own food. While the fish is still wiggling, just end it. Yeah. Lose some. Now how about this? Again, the video here is incredible. And you're looking at a great white shark out there at the top. And look at the orca come out of nowhere. The orca is hunting the great white. How fast is that bad boy moving? My guess is like 30 kilometers. Look at Dude, this. Out of nowhere. Shark? Yes. And that's a great white. The orca is going smokes. after. The great white would have literally zero chance against an orca. Wow. I didn't know that uh, great. I didn't know that orcas did that. I knew oh, they ate they fish. Are. I didn't know they ate sharks. You want to? You think teaching your son to be Rambo's badass? They have nothing on these orcas. Mo- they're the most feared animal in the world, are they not? Or mammal? Yeah. I, I got to go back and watch Free Willy. I haven't watched it for a while. I didn't realize. I don't think they taught you that in Free Willy. Is that movie sad? I'm guessing yes. I don't know. That Is was the, always on like the WB and those like, you know what I oh, mean? Oh, so the, the whale like, doesn't get killed? Yeah, I don't think so. No. That okay. and um, what's the uh, Mighty Joe Young? Remember that one? That movie sucked. 
You're really munching a, a lot of bad movies this morning. <laughs> we might have to move on. Come on let's uh, go. Bad beat in La Liga. Girona, Rayo under two and a half goals yesterday. How about a goal in the 91st oh. and the 95th minute, three nothing final? How many times has that happened to you when you when you need another goal in a soccer match? Never, <laughs> never, ever, never. ever happens when you need need one. No. Baseball is back, and what better way to hit off the grapefruit and cactus leagues than with VSIN's free MLB betting primer? This primer will tell you how to bet on spring training and continue all season long. With our VSIN experts' World Series futures analysis, our free MLB betting primer has basic betting uh, advice for baseball for those new to betting the sport, plus a breakdown on how to use sabermetrics for more data driven betters. To make this your best season ever, bet the MLB smarter this year. Download the free MLB betting primer now at, uh, for free at vsin.com slash guide. That's vsin.com slash guide. Do you have many, if uh, any at all, MLB futures at this point, JVT? So I got two win totals. Uh, added one yesterday after the show, um, but... I uh, I had to do it. First off, I'll go with the one I added yesterday. Uh, under 93 and a half wins for the New York Yankees. I I really love like the Yankees roster. I totally get it. I understand where the market's coming from, but I think they're kind of paper thin in terms of their depth. Like if you start to take some hits, then I think that you're kind of on the razor's edge. You're also like Radon and all these other guys. You're really hoping for some bounce back seasons for these guys in this rotation. And that's no guarantee that that's going to happen. Oh, he might pitch 43 innings this year. Right. You don't know. So, like, the, the fact that the market's up to, like, 93 and a half here for the New York Yankees, I understand the optimism. But I, I think that a 94, 95-ish win season, I think that's a year in which everything kind of goes well. Now, I will say, we talked about this yesterday, and I'm taking a risk because there's a shot that they get Blake Snell, and this shoots up to, like, 95 and a half. That's where I was going to go next. You okay. Know? So, but I... I, I I'm, I'm going to take my shot because there was also a red report yesterday that the Angels were going to come away with one of Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery, and it seems like Montgomery, the rumblings are getting closer to him going to the Red Sox. Who knows what's going to happen, but took an opportunity there. And then speaking of the Angels, uh, under 72 and a half wins. I think Trout's going to be gone midseason. Their rotation is a nightmare. Uh, there's one guy in that rotation that projects to have an ERA better than like 4-1. Uh, it's not going to be very good. I'll throw this at you. This would be so typical for the Angels the year after losing Shohei Otani. Yep, to win 84 it. games and go to the playoffs or, or be in the mix and be like a playoff team with like three weeks to go. I've already said it. The cruel irony is going to be they're just going to have one of those outlier seasons yep. and they'll get smoked in the wild card. Uh, but they're going to have one of those outlier seasons where all of a sudden Trout's going to be healthy. Yep. He's yep. going to he's going to hit like 35 bombs. They're going to be incredible. He's going to get guys on base. Joe Adele is finally going to hit like a Logan O'Hop. He's going to come in and be absolutely brilliant at catcher. And then you're going to look around and go, Why? Why now? Why yep. now? And, and the rotation is going to stay healthy, yep. and the guys are going to put up like sterling ERAs, and you're like, how is this happening? Guys like Ben Joyce are going to stick around and be great. Like, yep. Why is this a thing? Yep. Trust me. I'm, I've thought it a thousand times, and I would hate it. Yeah, we said this before the break. Something happened last night in the NBA where at the end of the game, you think to yourself, seriously, only in the NBA. And that is the Heat going to Sacramento and winning in the fashion in which they did why were you so blown away by what happened last night? So what did we have? So we had Jimmy Butler, Thomas Bryant, uh, Nikola Jovic all suspended. Tyler Hero, Tara Rozier ended up not playing. Um, it, it's like it was a mash unit. And then, and then you watch, and it's like, as they call them, right, in the in, in NBA circles, the zombie heat. 
They come out. Spolstra's got a great game plan defensively uh, to shut this team down and win more defensive possessions than not. And then you have Jaime Jaquez, like, doing every spin move in the world and hitting buckets and doing all sorts of ridiculous nonsense. And I'm watching this game. I'm like, of course they, of course they came in this and won. Seven and a half point underdogs, nobody playing. Of course they went in there and won. Okay, so this, the, the best example of that happening well, may have been last night. But it certainly, to me, was the Lakers game when they went to Boston. Yep. No LeBron, no AD, and they went there and they, were, they won the entire time, right? Yep. They went wire, wire to wire. In fact, the Celtics, as a double-digit home favorite this year, they're 14-1 and one straight up. That was the one loss. These other teams take the opponent lightly, right? Like, that's sure. got to be a thing. Of it's course. like, oh, wait a second, who's out tonight? Pfft, we're going to show up with our C-minus game and win by 15, man. And, and like situationally, was it the best for Sacramento? You know, you go into L.A., you beat the Clippers at a pretty good performance, and then you come back home. Like, it's not the best spot, but you're a seven-and-a-half-point favorite against a team that's missing like six rotation guys. Now, I'll give you one from last night, too. What the hell happened in the Grizzlies-Nets game? Dude, you and I, I think you were on the Grizzlies, too, right? So, like, so I, was Paul. I, yep, I bet the Grizzlies money line. And look, by the way, I'd do it. It's the, you know, the goofy meme. I'd effing do it again. I'll effing do it again. Like the, the Nets stink. Uh, they are now 9-24-1 and 24 and one against the spread in their last like 35-ish games. I'd do it every time. Grizzlies are a good defensive team, but I don't know what that was last yeah. night. By the way, I'm seeing this just now on one of the uh, networks. The ref admitted to making a mistake at the end of that Pistons yeah. next game. Don't you love that? Of course. My bad, guys. Sorry. Well, remember we saw in the other the Knicks-Rockets game. And they were like, yeah, sorry, we should have called the foul there, but uh, I mean, you're not going to win a you're not gonna no. win protest, so it doesn't matter. V-SYN host Matt Eumann's uh, Blazers game, too, against OKC, yep. I think, right? Eumann's Bla- uh, up next, college basketball card. Look ahead and... In- Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 
This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5, get a no-sweat bet, up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app, use promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Uh, full disclosure here, it's very early in the morning out here yes. in the West Coast. We have a lot of moving parts to this show. I like to make some, I scribble down some notes on a couple of sheets in advance, and I write down like what we're going to talk about next. Otherwise, it's like I'm all over the place. Before the break, <laughs> humans coming on, I couldn't read my handwriting. And I'm like, it was let down spots, look ahead spots. I had no idea. And I'm just like, eh, I, I got to tap out of this that's one. A, Sorry. That's worth playing back. I, I take, coming I take, up next. Like, I take a lot of pride in the teases. <laughs> it's a big deal in the industry, you know? I'm like, uh, I just, I, whatever. Uh, so, humans joins the program now. His show is now moved. It's called uh, VSIN tonight, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. out here on the West Coast. Uh, Matt, we talked a little bit about that in the first segment today, right, with these uh, letdown spots or the look-ahead angles in college basketball. It feels like they've been extremely prevalent here the last couple of weeks. So with that in mind, Kentucky plays on the road against Mississippi State tonight, and they played their absolute A game, and they had to have it against Alabama on Saturday you would figure this might be a letdown spot, but what do you make of this number where it's at today? It opened two and a half Miss State, now they're a four-point favorite. Yeah, it was four at DraftKings overnight. It looks like it's bounced back to three and a half. I, I thought it was getting a little bit too inflated at four. Mm. But, you know, we talked a lot about look-ahead spots in college football, NFL. Um, I don't really I don't really consider look-ahead spots my handicapping in college basketball much. I'm much more – I emphasize – letdown spots a lot more and that's been one of the best angles in college hoops this season and I remember uh, growing up Bob Knight said something uh, that always stuck with me he said after a big win beware of the next game and I think as a handicapper you have to look at that especially in college hoops hey what did Creighton do last week Blue Jays blew out UConn next game go to the garden get beat by St. John's I could go on and on and on give you a bunch of examples of teams in letdown spots after a big win and Kentucky is uh, in that spot now. Uh, a week ago, uh, the Wildcats lost at LSU on the buzzer. At the buzzer, they come home. And uh, I, li- I like Kentucky a lot last Saturday against Alabama. Now, I didn't think it was going to be 117 to 95. But like you said, Kentucky played its A game offensively, shot 63% from the floor, hit 13 of 24 threes. Justin Edwards played the guess- best game of his college career uh, by far. Almost everything went right for Kentucky in that game. And in fact, I put up a column on vcin.com that morning with 11 college basketball plays in it. I led it with Kentucky as my top play. Those plays went eight and three and all three losses were in overtime. So don't ever let anybody tell you this stuff's easy. You got to sweat out a lot of these bets and get a lot of bad breaks along the way. But, uh, and this one, I was hoping to grab Mississippi state as maybe like a a one, one and a half point favorite with this number up to three and a half to me, it's a little bit too inflated. And I do like this Mississippi state team. I think the public might be on Kentucky saying, Hey, this team just scored one seventeen, and they're an underdog on the road. Well, Miss state beat Tennessee and Auburn at home. They've got six eleven Tolu Smith in the middle. Who's a rim protector. This is a, a team that likes to play a little bit of a slower pace and can, not going to allow Kentucky to run and gun and put up 100 points. So I do think the right team's favored, but the line's a little bit inflated for me. So I'm not sure if I'm going to play this game tonight. So Matt, too easy then to just come back and say also like Notre Dame here at home against Wake Forest. That's also got to be a play, right? But the number six. <laughs> Notre Dame is going to play, be a play for me. And uh, talk about an ugly dog. But the Irish have played better yep. recently. They've lost, uh, they, they won three of their last four. Over the weekend at Syracuse, very competitive three-point loss after being down 20-plus in the game. 
Iris shot 12 for 21 from three. Marcus Burton, Braden Shrewsbury, two uh, young guards who were really starting to grow up and play much better for Micah Shrewsbury, uh, the coach, who's a hell of a coach. And, you know, a lot of times handicapping is a fluid situation too. And when you have a good coach and a young team, that team's going to improve as the season goes on. That's why I think we're seeing with Notre Dame. But, yes, you guys wake two and six on the road in the ACC off that big court storming win against uh, Duke. I don't know if you guys heard about it, but the, the fans stormed the court. And uh, the Duke player got hurt. Now everybody wants in court storming. But uh, 10 days ago, this is a Wake team that lost 49-47 at Virginia. And uh, I think it's a good spot to fade Wake here against a Notre Dame team that might be a little bit undervalued. By the way, lost in the court storming in the Duke-Wake game is the fact that Wake was a favorite and fans never storm the court when a favorite team wins, right? Oh, that was my thing, actually, Matt, is I, I, told, I said this the other day on primetime. You should just have an announcement where it's like, Attention crowd, you are favored in this game. If you win, you're not allowed to storm the court. Like, that's it. <laughs> you know? like that, that's what it's got to be. There's got to be an announcement before every single game. That'll stop it. How many of those kids do you think had Wake minus the points? <laughs> I mean, probably a few. Probably quite a few, right? There's another angle potentially, Matt, tonight. UNLV with a big win against Colorado State over the weekend. Now they're on the road, lane five and a half against Wyoming. Do you want the Cowboys here? It's another ugly home dog I'm going to play. So we got Notre Dame plus five and a half, uh, excuse me, plus six and a half, yep. and uh, Wyoming plus five and a half. And, uh, you know, the Cowboys beat Nevada. They beat Colorado State in Laramie. This is one of the toughest, not the toughest trip in the Mountain West. Wyoming has lost uh, five of its last six, but Sam Griffin has been playing well, 17.4 a game, 40% from three. So you got a good lead guard against a UNLV team that's more talented has won seven of the last eight. But don't forget the Rebels were on the road last week, uh, let's say a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, to a really bad Fresno team and actually squeaked out the win by two at Fresno. And, again, it's a bit of a letdown spot off the Colorado State win that meant a lot to Kevin Kruger and the Rebels. That's one of his biggest wins, maybe his biggest conference win as a coach in three years at UNLV. So I do think this is a pretty good spot to fade the Rebels off that win, going to Laramie against Wyoming team that could be uh, pretty good on its home court. So if you beat Nevada and Colorado State at home, you could beat the Rebels, and uh, I'll take the points here with uh, the Cowboys. So what do you do with then Colorado State? Because it's been a brutal schedule for them. Losses in three out of four. You've played San Diego State, Utah State, um, New Mexico, and UNLV. Now you're back home against Nevada as about, what, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Well, the the tough part about this is I like Colorado State a lot in this spot. I think the urgency is going to be with the Rams. Uh, Colorado State has lost three of four, and uh, they just finished the road trip in New Mexico and UNLV, where they lost by two at the pit, basically at the uh, at the buzzer, and lost by six at UNLV in a game that went down to the wire. The last time Colorado State was at home and the point spread was in this range, it was against Utah State. You guys remember that game. Colorado State won by 20. Uh, blew out a team that's tied for first in the standings. Best player on the floor, Isaiah Stevens for Colorado State. I like Nico Medved as a coach quite a bit. And I think uh, Keenan Blackshear, here's some injury news. He's in a boot. Number two scorer for uh, the guard for Nevada. He was in a boot yesterday. And he might not play in this game. You take Blackshear out. I can understand why this line has gotten up to seven, seven and a half, but it's gotten a little bit too high for me. I think if you're going to play Colorado State, and I like the Rams a lot to win the game, it'd have to be on a money line parlay or something like that. The line 
kind of like the Mississippi state lines a little bit too inflated for me at this point. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Matt Humans, his show is called VSIN tonight, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. on the West Coast, right here on VSIN. Uh, one more game here in the Big Ten. Wisconsin, since February started, appears to be extremely fugazi, at yeah. least uh, November through January, that mark. They have had a terrible month. But also, like their four and a half point favorites against Indiana, I cannot. I've watched Indiana play at least a handful of times this year. I can't get over how bad this team is. What do you want to do with this point <laughs> spread tonight? Yeah, I finally, I finally had to uh, give up on the Hoosiers because I kept thinking, well, the spot at home is going to be the circled wagon spot, and that was a week ago against Nebraska, and I guess it got blown out. Yep. Indiana has lost home games to Penn State. Nebraska and Northwestern lost five of the last six. If you look at all the shooting numbers from three point range, Indiana is one of the worst teams in, in college basketball. And that's because they got a dinosaur as head coach, Mike Woodson. Uh, when he met with the media yesterday, Woodson was talking about how much college basketball has changed since he played the 1970s. Uh, when you're shooting a three ball a lot more and you're not playing with multiple bigs on the floor. Yeah, yeah, college basketball has changed in the last 40 or 50 years. Yeah, that, that's what Indiana's dealing with right now. And uh, Wisconsin was 8-1 and one in the Big Ten on February 1st. I thought the team looked great at that point. And unfortunately, I lost a couple bets buying on the Badgers until I had to uh, jump off the bandwagon. 2-5 and five in the last seven. I like whiskey to win the game, but again, laying four and a half, you're not getting any bargain with the number. I think it's really hard to bet Indiana at this point. It'd be whiskey on a money line parlay or something like that or pass. By the way, guys, as I'm talking to you, I'm watching the replay of Air Force New Mexico Oy. from Saturday. Unbelievable that New Mexico, an 18-and-a-half-point favorite, got beat at the pit by the Falcons. Horrible. Horton, they're a bubble team all of a sudden. What, did yep, they lost like exactly. three out of their last four home games? Yeah. Yes. Yep. And yep. Man, that was uh, as ugly as it gets. Matt, thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Good luck. Okay, you bet. Thanks, guys. Matt also puts in uh, his bets every single day on the VEASAN Picks page as well. Up next at VEASAN.com, NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah released his latest top 50 big board for the NFL draft. He has a surprise in his top three, and this sounds more realistic with a couple of quarterback rankings. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.